Welcome to another episode of Jackman Radio. I'm your host, Mike Jackman, and I am joined today by Mr. Benjamin Wecht, who is the administrator for the Cyril H. Wecht Institute of Forensic Science and Law uh, in, I believe it's in Pittsburgh, correct? Correct, at Duquesne University in, uh, in downtown Pittsburgh. Cool. You know, I've never been to Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, I got to I got to make it there one of these uh, one of these times. But uh, hey, thanks for coming on, Ben. I appreciate it. And My pleasure, uh, Mike. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, before we started, we were kind of talking a little bit off air about the upcoming um, JFK assassination at sixty symposium that you guys are having there from November fifteenth to seventeenth. Correct. Um, you know, can you tell our audience a little bit about that and kind of the background on that and how that's coming together. Sure. Um, so. This, this is part of our annual Forensic Science and Law Symposium series that began in 2000. Uh, this is our, our um, 22nd annual symposium. We missed a year. Um, we uh, typically address, uh, if not a specific case as we are doing here, a particular area of, uh, let's say, applied forensic science. So where forensic science meets the law and meets uh, and or meets public policy. Um, so, you know, looking back, we've done conferences on uh, the state of forensic death investigation, um, uh, cold case investigation, uh, digital forensics. Um, uh, we've also done specific conferences on 9-11, on the Robert Kennedy and Martin Luther King assassinations and so on. Previously, we've done two JFK assassination conferences, the first one in 2003 on the 40th anniversary, and the second, and what I thought was going to probably be the last one 10 years ago on the 50th anniversary. And as, as I was uh, telling Mike uh, before we got started here, I did not have this on my uh, radar uh, until maybe several months ago, we started getting a lot of inquiries, people pointing out um, and inquiring about the 60th anniversary. And we decided to, to do another do another conference. And um, so it'll be a two, two and a half day, I should say, a two day plus an evening event, um, a hybrid event. So it'll be happening here on campus at, in Pittsburgh as well as on Zoom. Cool. Yeah, and I've got actually the website here. Let me see if I can pull that up and we'll kind of look at that. A little bit here. Let's see. I'll present. I think I have to do. Yeah, share screen. <laughs> We're doing it live, folks, in real time. Okay. Where are you, Mike? I, I didn't ask. Um, I'm in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Okay. Yeah, the Great Granite State. So here we go, folks. We got the uh, at Duquesne University. The JFK assassination at 60. And uh, like Ben was just saying, we've got the, uh, you got, it really, looks like you got some really great guests too that are going to be speaking, like John Newman and. Yeah, John Newman your has father. been here. Yeah, uh, God bless. He's uh, uh, our namesake, who is my father, Cyril Wecht, uh, is 92, um, has not been speaking here lately, but is on the agenda for uh, the first morning of the conference. He'll be joined in conversation with former Secret Service agent Paul Landis, um, wow. who, uh, who's uh, up there at 88 himself, and uh, who we just were introduced to a few months ago. 
Yeah, the Landis stuff is pretty interesting. What do you what do you make about that? Do you think that that's actually the uh, the bullet that has long been called the magic bullet? Or what, uh, what I'd be overstepping my bounds if I if I uh, expressed an opinion. You know, I'm a layman. Um, I'm a forensic and legal educator. I am not a subject matter expert, so that's my disclaimer. Um, it, it's a it's a very persuasive um, account on many levels. Um, I think it's completely within the realm of possibility. Um, I think that uh, there are a lot of questions that have been and will be raised, and uh, we welcome them here. Um, how it all shakes out in the end, we shall see. But um, I think it raises some very significant questions, not just about the so-called single bullet, but about the number of shots, directionality of shots, and um, um, and so on. So what's that like on campus talking about that and debating that? Because I feel like even in academia now, um, I know like at the high school level, I haven't, I went to college uh, from 2005 to 2009. And I remember, you know, having debates on campus about 9-11, about, um, you know, the JFK assassination and other political stuff. And at times you get a little heated, but it was always, it always ended on kind of a friendly note, you know, go and have a beer afterwards. Um, what's it like now in, in academia talking about issues like this? So first of all, uh, you know, our crop of students here, not only were they uh, not around for JFK, <clears throat> nor was I technically, um, but 9-11 um, uh, uh, occurred before they were born, which is just, wow. just mind-bending and you know oj simpson and all these cases um they're more focused you know on the idaho killings or um you know um Mur the murdoch family uh, saga etc et um so yeah i don't i don't see among students a, a significant amount of interest in uh, historical cases but I, i'm sure it's out there um, I, I think students today are, are uh, pretty pretty focused on, at least the ones I know, um, on doing the coursework, um, which is pretty rigorous biology, chemistry, um, uh, physics, uh, legal legal procedure, uh, and so on, and getting getting through all that, and uh, and just managing uh, being a young person. Uh, in today's society, I think that's that's enough for most people. But uh, you know, that's students you're you're, you're asking about undergraduate and, and yeah, students. I mean, even among faculty too. Right. I mean, you know, so faculty, yeah, there's certainly is a greater amount of interest, and and we expect a lot of our own faculty and staff to attend. Um, they're signing up already. Yeah, but uh, the, the the bulk of the interest comes from off campus, I would say. all kinds of people from professionals to uh, CSI enthusiasts to true, true blue JFK buffs, uh, JFK assassination buffs uh, to educators, so on and so forth. Yeah, that's, that is, seems to be very big among young, younger folks and even kind of a, a wider audience is the uh, shows like CSI and, and uh, true crime. And I actually just watched a, 45 minute, I don't know if it was a Nightline or one of the TV channels 
did a whole thing on the um, the Idaho killings. I didn't really know much about it, but it seems like they might have that guy, uh, the suspect there, based on um, DNA that was on like a, a knife sheath. Have, have you have you looked right. into that at all? Or what, what do you make yeah. of that? What do you make of that case? Yeah, um, it's been it's been a while now since I've read up on that case, but that's correct. Uh, uh, DNA from a knife sheath, um, and the the um, type of knife made for that sheath matching wounds on the bodies mm. as well, um, and the connect the DNA was matched to him through if I'm not mistaken, a, a genetic connection, a, a, a familial connection. Um, but I may be misquoting. So. Oh, but yeah, no, I think they got, uh, they surreptitiously got a sampling from his father's DNA and it, matched yeah. it, I think, when, yeah, when he was, but I mean, it's crazy if that, if he's the guy who did it, you know, this is a, a guy who's, I think, going for his master's or going to school to be Go, a criminologist or something like that. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fascinating. It is, yeah. yeah what, what maybe, he, maybe he thought he could get away with murder, you know, literally. Um, I, that's what it would seem like. But, I mean, what, what do you what do you make about the whole that whole genre, like as entertainment? I mean, I, I think it's kind of become more of a recent phenomena, like the the series about the Murdoch family. And um, what do you think it is yeah, about well, all this I, stuff? So that's interesting that uh, how you ask it. What, what do I think about it as entertainment? Um, you know. Uh, it's obviously a big industry as entertainment. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think it all started from what I can tell, excuse me, uh, with uh, CSI and then the whole rash of shows that grew out of that. Um, obviously there were predecessors in terms of, of um, mystery novels and true crime and so on. But uh, in terms of mass entertainment, you know, the, the, the NCIS and, um, um, criminal behavior, um, uh, behavioral, what's it called with, uh, Mandy Patinkin, um, uh, Homeland or no, no, uh, he was excellent in that too, but, uh, about the behavioral analysis unit at the FBI. Oh, I, don't, I haven't seen that. Criminal Minds, I believe. Oh, Criminal Minds. Okay. Yeah. Could be it. Anyway. Um, so, um, it's, it's, it's a big industry. Um, uh, well, generally well-researched very well written, um, but it's drama and, and um, uh, it's condensed and and, um, uh, and and you know in terms of time frames uh, for developing um, DNA or toxicology or whatnot, um, uh, simplified in terms of roles. Um, you know, some students will come here thinking that they're going to leave here and they're going to be, you know, packing a gun and, and, and interviewing suspects. And we quickly point out, you know, you may want to go to the police academy. Um, uh, so, you know, it, it, it's not accurate. We did a conference here, one of our annual symposia many years ago um, called uh, Where Fact Meets Fiction. And we had a blend of actual forensic practitioners and um, folks from Hollywood. We had uh, two of the writers for CSI they're both also both um, actors in small roles on the show, from what I recall. Um, other Hollywood writers, uh, producers, and uh, they uh, discussed this very matter uh, of uh, discerning fact from fiction uh, in various panel formats. 
Uh, and it's an important topic. It's not just academic, as it were. It, it, it relates to how juries understand um, and um, how juries and, and judges, for that matter, uh, expect what they what they expect of um, uh, criminal proceedings, uh, the so-called CSI effect, um, and um, coming up against the realities, the messy realities of, of a lot of these cases. So, you know, I, I think it's a mixed bag to answer your question in a very long-winded way. Um, Definitely. And I think sometimes, too, certain information uh, can be left out or the filmmakers have an agenda and a bent, of course. Um, I was pretty... For sure. I, I, I think, like many millions of Americans back in 2015, was very enthralled by uh, making a murderer on Netflix, that series. And... Um, you know, I've since kind of read into it a little bit more, and there's there's a there's like you know a couple of camps that have emerged where they're like, yeah, Stephen Avery's yeah he's innocent, and and then there's a new series I think Candace Owens produced it, and it's basically disagreeing and and promoting her side of it and saying he is in fact guilty, and and uh, that documentary got it wrong and was misleading. So it's interesting to see these series come out, and then a, a you know a counter thing is created, and it's like its whole it's like a whole other uh, subgenre within itself. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, I, I remember watching this movie several years back, too, was uh, Concussion, and uh, Albert Brooks portrayed your father. Brooks, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that when you mentioned about um, filmmakers or, or uh, television uh, producers having agendas. I was thinking about that very movie. Um, uh, yeah, it was an excellent movie. I, I don't... Um, uh, want to speak ill of it, um, but it it um, <clears throat> took a lot of liberties. Um, yeah, for the sake of, of drama. Uh, yeah, it it uh, suggested some connections which were not there. Um, uh, with the CTE, or just with your, your father, or, uh, or yeah, with um, with with my dad, with 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 uh, Doctor Wacht. Um, you know, as I recall, the uh, film tried to suggest that um, that there was some connection between a prosecution that he had just uh, withstood, uh, brought here by a, a, a unscrupulous U.S. attorney back in 2005, uh, and the NFL's <laughs> um, coming down on... Um, uh, his office um, and an employee of his Benedict Mala played by um, um, was that Will Smith? Smith, thank you, my guys. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's no connection. Um, yeah. Um, for instance, um, Albert Brooks was great. Um, he was. He was very. He was memorable. I thought I was looking at my dad on the screen. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, your, your father is such a, a colorful character, and my first time being exposed uh, to him was in The Men Who Killed Kennedy, that series. And he's yeah. on there talking about the magic bullet. He's like, you know, the bullet, this bullet can do whatever you want it to do. It can stop in midair and then go left. And, you know, I was like, who is this guy? And that, that was my introduction to your father. And um, he's, he's a legend, man. I'm a big fan, big fan of his work. And I think it's great that you guys are going to have you know, that dinner and you're going to do the ceremony honoring him at the symposium with the 3D right. uh, thing of Dealey Plaza. Well, what's, 
So was that a researcher who's presenting that or? Yeah, um, I, I honestly do not know a lot about um, Mr. Nestor. Um, so to, to be clear, that, that dinner, the tribute dinner, uh, is being hosted by CAPA, Citizens Against Political Assassinations. <clears throat> Excuse me, they're a, a, a nonprofit uh, research and advocacy organization um, uh, uh, chaired by uh, my dad, um, but separate from Duquesne University. Um, they're partnering with us on this symposium and they'll be hosting that dinner. Um, and, oh, and they, and yeah, and they uh, are bringing Mr. Uh, Nestor here to show his work. He, uh, he is a, um, as I understand it, a, um, a filmmaker, a producer uh, who uses virtual reality techniques and uh, 3D scanning and so on. And, and um, uh, we'll be showing the results of a 3D scan of Daily Plaza that he did. Um, yeah, that, that's all I know. Um, okay. Apparently, apparently very, very interesting and in a, in a, a new perspective on the crime scene. It's important because I guess there's a push down there in Dallas to actually like yep. to, to, to destroy Dealey Plaza and totally yep. change the topography and the landscape and, and right. get rid of it. So it's important from that perspective, too. Yeah. 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 I don't know the status of that, um, but I am aware that they um, uh, they want to make use of that area, which is understandable in a lot of ways, but um, it raises a lot of questions about. Uh, preserving history, uh, uh, preserving a place where people can go to reflect on history. Um, it will become less important as the, the, you know the, that generation um, uh, passes. But um, I think it remains a place where people should be able to go and um, learn and um, observe and get a sense of for themselves of what happened, what didn't happen, uh, what the likely scenarios were. Have you been down there? Yeah, yep, several times. Yeah, I've been twice and uh, I went in 2019 and I went this uh, past March and uh, it just, it, it, it struck me how small it actually is. And yep. uh, I, I went to the museum in 2019, did the whole tour and I was in the uh, elevator afterwards with a few other people with strangers I didn't know and I was just like so what does everyone think do you think Oswald did it and everyone in the elevator raised their hand they said yes they did think that he did it so I thought coming, that was interesting coming out of the sixth floor museum yeah uh, yeah, yeah well that's what year was that 2019 mm -hmm. okay so that is was, interesting because that that museum I, I think has come a long way in terms of more comprehensively addressing the case than they used to. Um, so I, I, um, I'm a, a little surprised that everyone on, you say everyone on the elevator thought Oswald did. Did, did it alone. It. He did it and he did it, acted alone. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. We just come from the sixth floor. <laughs> I thought I was going to have a, a chat, but I was kind of like, oh, okay. And then the rest of the ride was silent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, being down there, standing on the, uh, you know, uh, triple underpass, obviously yeah. the grassy knoll going behind the fence. Um, yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's clear that there was, you know, he was being fired upon from multiple shooters. I don't think there's any, I don't even think that's controversial at this point. I mean, the, the work, you know, you and your father have done, or, you know, certainly your father from 1965 to the present 
uh, has totally obliterated that. Yeah, I, I'd agree. You know, I, there are certain, um, I, I think, well, to use a term uh, uh, used on a, in a new book by Jim DiEugenio, a longtime researcher, and uh, uh, Paul Blow, uh, B-L-E-A-U, a Canadian uh, researcher, uh, called Chokeholds. Um, I, at first I saw that the title, I'm like, wait, nobody is alleging that there was a chokehold on JFK. Uh, but it's a it's a term uh, that they um, coined or or picked up somewhere to describe. In this case, uh, they have ten chapters, ten what they feel are irrefutable. Um, um, I, I hesitate to use the word facts, but but uh, irrefutable, indisputable conclusions that we all um, should be agreeing upon at this point, if we're being intellectually honest. And, and one of them is that there was more than one shooter. Um, uh, who or, or where, uh, you know, or who they were associated with, those are other right. bigger questions. But uh, yeah, I think we need to agree that there was more than one shooter. And, you know, if you look at our, um, at our symposium agenda, uh, you know, you're not gonna find single bullet theorists here. Uh, um, <laughs> Right. I, don't mean, I don't mean in the audience, um, uh, but we feel that we're at, we're at a point now where the body of knowledge has to be advanced, um, and it, it doesn't make sense to go backwards. Um, yeah. In the past, we've had Arlen Specter here. We've had oh, Dr. cool. Yeah, we, in 2003, we had Dr. Michael Bodden, who chaired the Forensic Pathology Committee for the House Select Committee. On assassinations and and who agreed with uh, the single bullet theory and the lone shooter scenario, um, despite being an eminent forensic pathologist and uh, right on almost everything else, including Epstein, he yeah. oversaw the I'm friend of the institute. Yeah, um, so we have you know we have entertained um, those those um, positions and presentations in the past, but at this point, you know, it, it would be like holding a climate change conference and, and um, um, you know, inviting people who want to uh, um, uh, talk about um, um, exclusively about natural, you know, about um, natural uh, weather events and, and uh, El Nino and so on. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had the hottest September, I guess, in recorded history. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, Baden, um, I think Baden was kind of pushed out in New York uh, from a, a corrupt mayor or a corrupt administration uh, before 1980, because I've been looking into the Lenin assassination a little bit. Have you looked in? Have you guys looked into that at all? Do you have any thoughts which, on I'm that? Sorry, which assassination? Uh, uh, John Lennon. I have not. No, I I didn't for a long time. Um, you know, I grew up as a huge Beatles fan, and I just thought it was a pretty clear-cut deal. But yeah. apparently, it looks like he was actually hit, shot in the chest. And uh, the problem is, Mark David Chapman was like twenty feet behind him, you know, firing in the. Yeah, so that's that's a whole that's a very interesting. Yeah. I don't and, I don't know anything about that. I'd be interested to learn more. And um, I think Baden would have been the. Uh, Either the coroner or or, or he was uh, med he was New York medical examiner medical York, examiner at the, medical examiner at the time and that happened but 
they had another guy, Elliot. Um, Elliot Gross. Gross, who's, yeah, who had some accusations. History now, but yeah. So it's just, I don't know, it's just interesting. I mean, um, if you if you look at that, and I guess they've never actually officially released uh, the autopsy. Hmm. Where there's there's one out there, there's just a certificate out there that a lot, of, a lot of people think is either fake or it is the real one. There's like, the, the waters are kind of muddy in that case. I guess there's a... Um, there's going to be a book and a documentary coming out by a fellow named uh, David Whelan, who I've had on the program before. So that's a, that's an interesting one. But yeah, you bring up uh, Michael Bodden. He um, apparently he was hired by Jeffrey Epstein's brother to actually oversee the autopsy. He concluded that it was a, a murder. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. So again, from a, a lay perspective, I can just relate what I've, what I've, what I've heard, um, including from my dad and, and, um, uh, that is that the um, the extent of the anatomic damage to his throat was not consistent with someone simply uh, leaning into a ligature and um, showed uh, the, uh, the application of force. Um, you know, uh, th there were also some su suspicious circumstances, of course, with the camera being out, I think, um, with him... Um, uh, not being checked on despite being on suicide watch. Um, what else? His he had a cellmate at one point who had been removed. Yeah, Tartiglione was a former police officer who was in there for murdering four people in a, a drug deal gone awry. Yeah, and, uh, so yeah, suspicious circumstances, and I and you know clearly a lot of very powerful men connected, and and one woman at least uh, connected to him. Um, <laughs> so who knows? But um, yeah. some legitimate forensic scientific questions about the manner of death. Oh, yeah. I love it when uh, President Trump is like, I, I don't know that person. Uh, if I saw them right now, I wouldn't recognize him. And then you, there's like 20 pictures of them together. Yeah. He, he could walk in here right now, Ben. I wouldn't even recognize him. That was I, a good, I never, that's a good I never, <laughs> I never met the guy, Ben. I never met Epstein. I don't know him. You know? <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. quite a uh, it's quite a state of uh, state of affairs we have in the world now. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy if you've been paying attention for a while and to see the way things are now. But um, I think it's great the work that you guys are doing, and it, it is important. And it still does matter. Um, Thank you. you, know, do you yeah, yeah. Do, do you guys get um, contacted to consult with like TV shows? And because I know I know your father's been. He's worked. He was like did some work on the John Benet case, uh, yeah. obviously the RFK shooting. Um, so, do you are you guys in touch with a lot of like programs and shows I, and investigations? I personally, I, pers I or the institute are not typically involved. Uh, we have been periodically. Um, um, we've we've mostly by way of, of connecting producers and. Uh, and writers with ex with subject matter experts, uh, but um, uh, yeah, but but my dad certainly over the years has uh, been involved with all manner of both documentary and feature uh, and TV uh, projects. I think there'll always be an interest in that area for sure. You know, the public yeah. has such a, a deep interest in, in these things, so it's yeah. always going to be around. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we, I really credit to a large extent, uh, Oliver Stone and his film JFK for uh, renewing interest in this case and, and 
passing the torch, as it were, to a whole new generation of, of researchers. Um, uh, you know, he certainly, because we're speaking of taking dramatic license with material, he certainly did with JFK. Um, you know, that, that's his prerogative as a, as a filmmaker and as an artist. Um, but uh, got it right, I think, essentially. And, and, and more importantly, as I said, just really revived interest and, and um, awakened a whole new generation. The last 30 years, we wouldn't have seen the release of all, all the files that have come out and, yeah, all the information. Mm -hmm. And, yep. you know, you, you got, um, you had Vincent Bugliosi and Gerald Posner, you know, uh, coming out to defend the official story. So it's interesting to see, especially during the every anniversary. But I think this is a big one, obviously, like the 50th and the 40th was because it's a, you know, it's a 10 year one. So you're going to see the media and, uh, trot out all the defenders of the official narrative, but I really think that it's it's a real, it's a clay-rooted thing and, and, and most people don't buy it. So it's uh, it's interesting to see as we get towards the 60th, the way the public overall feels about it, which is I think they don't believe the official story. Yeah, we're, we're hopeful as, as we've been, and when I say we, I mean, um, I'm, I'm speaking here of the um, the JFK assassination research community, um, as well as this institute, that there may yet be, if not a solution in terms of uh, the naming of one or more individuals who committed the assassination, um, a, a consensus that there was a conspiracy, and that there that there there was that, that there were um, uh, different trajectories, um, and um, moreover that that there has been for whatever reason uh, a, a cover up. Um, you know, uh, cover ups can happen for a lot of reasons, and um, you know that includes I think in the early days uh, covering up ineptitude and um, the Kennedy family's own secrets, certainly the FBI's secrets, um, uh, uh, CIA, you know, has been there from the get-go. Um, there are real questions today, and, and the reason I express some hopefulness is that I, I, I feel that we, we should be at the point where we can agree that 60 years after a murder that the, the government has more or less concluded was, has more or less now considers a closed case, okay, that Oswald did it alone. What are we protecting? What are we hiding? Why are there files still being held? Um, who are we doing it for? Um, what sources and methods are we protecting? It, 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 it's pretty absurd when I think about it. So if, if we can um, get um, the next president uh, <laughs> um, uh, and I'm laughing because both the current president and our last president um, declined to release all the files. So <clears throat> maybe an administration after the next one um, 
to step up to the plate and say enough's enough. Um, uh, this is this is history, and history belongs, and, and historical knowledge belongs to the people. And let's trust. There's a great quote by Jefferson. I can't remember it right now about um, trusting in in um, in, in uh, the civilian the the, the 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 society's ability to understand and um, discern uh, fact from fiction and, and draw their own judgments. And that's that's really what we're we're trying to do here. Yeah, don't treat us like children. You know, they, they like to, a lot of the times the media and the government to treat us like children. Yeah. And uh, I think it was Trump uh, who said that he did look into the files and he, one of the reasons he opted not to release them was because it was, he, he was talking to Judge Napolitano about that. And he said, look, Judge, if you saw what I saw, you wouldn't want to release them either, which I think he is. Said he, he, he said that? He made that statement? He, he did. He said that to, to well, Judge Napolitano. Uh, I mean, you know, his his, um, uh, his lack of a filter can can be a, a a positive thing at times, and that would be totally a, that would be an example. Um, uh, yeah, so that that's my sense too. Is that uh, and similarly, Biden, President Biden, um, took a look and um, took a look, and or was advised by very high up folks in the in the in the intelligence community um cia fbi nsa what what have you um that that there are reasons and again i don't understand what those reasons could possibly be at this time um but uh that there are reasons to to not release everything yeah, and you've got a, a great mix for the the uh, symposium. You have a, uh, you know a fellow like Jefferson Morley who used to work for yep. the Washington Post, who has been chronicling a lot of information uh, from the release the last thirty years. And then you got someone like John Newman who goes into the intelligence connections. And then you'll have someone who will talk about the forensic and physical evidence. So you got quite a good smorgasbord of guests. And Alec Baldwin is showing up or Thank doing you. a video or yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, well, first, let me just, uh, before I mention uh, Alec Baldwin, um, with regard to the breakdown of the, of the content, the first day, Thursday, November 16th, the first full day um, is focused on forensic, scientific, criminalistic, medical matters. The second day, uh, Friday, November 17th, is focused on uh, historical uh, questions, um, uh, uh, political uh, issues, uh, um, CIA, Cold War, uh, also on some uh, uh, educational opportunities and challenges, pedagogical uh, methods and so on. So looking to the future and so on. Um, the opening evening, which is Wednesday, November 15th, uh, we'll be having a reception. Uh, then we'll be welcoming a, a, a professor of political science from University of Virginia, who is a JFK expert not an assassination expert, but a JFK administration expert um, to sort of give a, a keynote, I guess uh, you could say, uh, as to why we're all here, you know, why um, um, not just not just to study a murder case, but to to honor and um, uh, give the the attention we need to to a man cut down in the, in the prime of his life, um, a leader of the free world and, and a um, husband, father, etc. Um, 
uh, why, why that matters. Um, she'll be, uh, her name is Professor Barbara Perry, and then she'll be followed by Alec Baldwin, who's going to talk about uh, the assassination and why it's still with us and why it matters and uh, um, why we're still paying attention to it all these years later. Uh, he, <clears throat> uh, someone we, that we became connected with several years ago at a conference in Houston uh, that was being hosted by Kappa and uh, uh, struck, struck me for one as an incredibly astute uh, scholar of this case, um, uh, someone who uh, is, is not just a, uh, a hobbyist, uh, but has really paid close attention to it and has some things to say about it. So we're looking forward to having him here. It's great to see him go on like MSNBC and actually talk about it. You know, he's, he's got a lot of courage to do that. <laughs> you well, know, he had a podcast that was supposed to be on MSNBC 10 years ago that they pulled the plug on. And I think so. Yeah. Like Jesse yeah. Ventura. There may have been one episode or, um, and, and NBC pulled the plug on that. Um, I don't remember what the stated reason was, but. So, yeah, and I've heard Alec Baldwin talk about the war games that were going on in 9-11 as well. He's publicly like tweeted about that, and so hey, good on him. That's great, and and uh, you're having another um, act or director, uh, Rob Reiner, right? He's showing up. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's uh, interesting. He'll be, uh, he'll be he'll be he'll be visiting us via Zoom uh, as a lunchtime special lunchtime. Um, uh, not so much presenter. He's going to speak briefly about a podcast that he and Soledad O'Brien uh, are launching on iHeartRadio called Who Killed JFK? And then he's going to take questions from the audience. Oh, wow. I didn't I didn't know he was doing that. That's awesome. Yeah, it, dro it drops on uh, November 8th for 10 episodes. I don't know wow. if they all drop at once or if, if they will, you know, do it serially. But November 8th is the first episode on iHeartRadio. Isn't she with CNN? Or she was? I don't believe she is anymore. Yeah, she, that's she's she not anymore. Be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you make of uh, RFK yeah, Jr.? Maybe with iHeartRadio, for, for all I know. But I may be misquoting. <laughs> what do you think about uh, RFK out there? Yeah, not my man. Uh, no? No. Very, very, very bright guy. Has done tremendous work on behalf of the environment, especially our waterways. Um, uh, I wish him well, but um, not my man for leadership of um, of, of of the country. Um, and that's fine yeah. for, for many reasons. I do want to. I do want to say. I, I, the main thing I should say about him is that you know his willingness, unlike pretty much every other member of the Kennedy clan, to speak freely about his beliefs, not just in the death of his uncle, but in the death of his father is um, welcome and refreshing and um, um, needed to be said. It, it, it's too bad that his credibility has been damaged in, in other ways. Um, but I think he he happens to be correct in, in what he says about those two assassinations. Um, Robert, you know, the, the, his father's assassination, which we have uh, delved into here at the Institute, is 
to my mind, an even clearer cut case for conspiracy from a forensic scientific standpoint than, than the JFK assassination. Um, Wasn't your father brought in by the LA County uh, to, to actually look at the yeah, uh, so Tom, autopsy or not? No. So Dr. Tom, Thomas Noguchi, who was the medical Noguchi. examiner at the time and a close colleague and friend of my dad's did um, consult with him. Uh, uh, in fact, even before the autopsy started as to, you know, wow. how to, avo uh, how to avoid the um, chaos of, the, the JFK auto autopsy. Um, well, don't ha don't have two guys who have never dealt with gunshots like they did at Bethesda. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's just insane to me. That's yeah. ins that's insane to me. But uh, wow. So yeah, and Noguchi's still around too. I think right. He is. He's a legend yeah, too. I, I, thank you. I got to check in on him. He's uh, he's got to be in his uh, mid to late nineties. But he's never wavered on that, and he had so much yeah. courage and po been pointing out the fact that there was a. A powder tattoo behind Sen Senator Kennedy's right ear, where no further distance of one to two inches. So that the gun, it, it was it was probably Thane Caesar, the guy posing as a security guard, shooting up like this. And um, RFK grabbed his tie when he fell. And uh, when Sirhan Sirhan came in, fired one maybe two shots. One of them hit Paul Schrade in the head, who I had on this program not long before he passed. And and then he was on the table. You know, he's yeah. crowded on the table, firing in a totally different direction. Yeah. So I agree. I think the RFK case, it doesn't get as much coverage or play, obviously, as the JFK assassination. But you read Lisa Pease's book, you know, there's all kinds of great research out there. And, um, yeah, I had a chance to talk to RFK Jr. about his uncle and his father's assassination the day after he announced his bid for the presidency. And that, that was a – I had him on the show, and um, that was uh, – a very memorable experience, you know, uh, in my life that I'll never, I never thought I'd be at a table talking to RFK Jr. about those things. Yeah. So I agree with you. He's, he, um, he has a lot of courage to speak out about that. And Absolutely. I know there's other topics that you may agree or disagree with him, but I, I have a lot of respect for him. And that's one of the reasons why I am supporting him uh, and for foreign policy reasons as well. But uh, yeah, I, I know yeah. his stuff, you know, I don't know. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't know if, if there's maybe you take issue with, you know, the uh, I don't want to say the word, but the, you know, shots or the. Or the yeah, that's that's a big that's a big part of it. in, in certain. Things. That's a tough one for a lot of people. I understand that. And I, I get that. And yeah. And I'm sorry, you were going to say something else. I didn't mean to. No, no, no. I, I you know, I certainly can understand why you know, I, I'm, I'm at an age now where I can refer to people like you as young people. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, why, why young people like yourself would, would want to look to um, someone like him. Um, we're in a tough, tough, and I don't want to get into politics now, but we're in a very tough situation now um, yeah. as, a, as a country and, um, and, you know, as a, speaking for myself as a Democrat, capital D, <laughs> we're in a yeah. tough, we're in a tricky sure. situation so I can understand where you're coming from. Absolutely. But you got a lot of courage, Ben, being out there as a Democrat, um, talking about the Kennedy assassination and, and the career that you've had the last, you know, 22 years at, at the uh, at the school. I mean, it's not even a popular. You know, I when I was younger, I guess I considered myself a Democrat, and I still have a, a lot of those views. I want, you know, healthcare for all. Um, I'm anti-war, but I, I feel like a lot of that's been flipped now, and. 
I, I feel like even a lot of Democrats don't feel comfortable talking about like the Kennedy assassination or just shrugging it off or calling it a conspiracy. That's at least been my experience, which is, which is, which is disappointing to me. Give me one second. I'm going to shut these blinds here. Yeah. You got the sun coming in. Yeah. I think there's a couple different things at play there. One is, um, uh, that I, I think a lot of folks, at, at this point, consider it history. You know, it's like um, talking about the Lincoln assassination almost. You know, what are, like, what, why are we, why are we even wasting our breath on it? For some people, I think for others, um, there's a there. Uh, those who have spent time on it, there's a I think uh, among a lot of them a sense of futility at this point that you know we're never going to know and. Um, uh, let's move on. Um, but um, you know, I, I think there are there are, uh, and I don't think I know, <laughs> as the host of this conference and and someone uh, dealing not just with the speakers and uh, folks who have submitted abstracts to us and and some of whom are presenting here, but also registrants and. Uh, media folks like you um that there there remains a, a very great interest in and commitment to uh, again if not solving it uh, learning as much as we possibly can about it and um you know um maybe maybe at the end of the day gaining a um some sense of closure or at least some sense of um comfort with the, the 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 public discourse and the national um, the world consensus on what happened um, you know history books have to change and um, uh, entrenched entrenched editors and um, publishers in the mainstream media have to turn over um, there, there are definitely some institutional the media institutional biases against conspiracy theorists um and that's a whole <laughs> pet peeve of mine that that very thing is quite frankly oh yeah, yeah it's it's uh, so de de derogatory and dismissive and yeah. smug yeah um uh so I, I i at the end of the day i remain hopeful that we are going to be advancing the state of knowledge and Look forward to people joining us here uh, or online in November and being part of this. Yeah, I'd like to try and make it down for even a day or so. Um, I, I'm doing an event on Friday, November. Is that the 15th? 17th. So Friday, November 17th, I'm actually doing an event with uh, another fellow here in New Hampshire at our local library. We're going to be showing the two-hour version of Oliver Stone's new recent JFK documentary and then doing a uh, hour long panel and Q and a. So Great. that's, Wonderful. Uh, that's going to be cool. And all right. My, more, hat, my hat's off to you for, for, you know, carrying the torch. Thanks. I appreciate that, Ben. Before I let you go, I did want to see if there was an update on um, uh, Mr. Campbell, the, the victim from the world trade center, I think, your, your father was consulting or working with his family on... I'm not familiar with that case. He was a British citizen who died in the towers, and I think I had heard that your your father was was helping the yeah, family with some forensic stuff. Or 
I don't know. Okay. I couldn't. I couldn't speak to that. But yeah, that's that could be a whole other episode too. Nine eleven. So, yeah. all right, well, folks, we are coming up here uh, on almost fifty minutes. I really appreciate your time, Ben. And um, I, yeah, I everybody, appreciate the opportunity to talk about the the symposium. And I hope you'll share the the URL for. Oh for yeah. If if uh, and I can certainly say it now. It's it's an easy one. Duq. Dot edu slash jfk60 and that's going to be the jfk assassination at 60 november 15th to the 17th in pittsburgh pennsylvania and uh and yeah on, and on zoom oh and yeah for those that can't attend in person there'll be an option to to watch it correct excellent well hey i appreciate your time ben and and please uh you know give my best to your father and I tell will. him that i'm a big fan of his and and uh, keep up the great work down there, guys. Thanks so much, Mike. It's been good to be with you. All right. Thank you. You too. And that's another episode, folks. We will see you next time.